McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Today, I'm talking about pathological lying, what it is, and how it compares to normal lying. Yeah, I had multiple. Um, they had a lot of different people trying to break into the house the days after it happened. Pathological lying used to be called Pseudologia Fantastica. I like saying that. 95% of the fans and people out there at Oklahoma or anybody else are great. But yep. you, you typically always have that that percentage that, that at times take it too far. And it referred to people who told multiple outrageous lies that would border on the fantastic. Yeah, it was my family's safety. I didn't care about the house. I didn't care about anything else, just their safety. And, and those were more than just simple lies. These would include elaborate details that seem questionably believable. We thought we were going to, because we wanted the girls to be able to finish out school. And as that stuff transpired, we said, no, we got to get them the hell out of here as fast as we can. The motive behind the lying wasn't always clear. And sometimes it was just to impress people. The other day he was coming home from the office and he said, do you want to go to Trader Joe's? And I said, okay, let's go. Man, I guess it's just um, never going to die at this point, right? No, it's now what's gonna, going on here? It's going to die on this show today. I just thought I'd give you an opportunity to sound off after your Wednesday hiatus. And I saw your tweet today, <laughs> and I knew immediately. Like I know some Tool songs, like the three, four most popular Tool songs. But I read your tweet today, and I said, yeah, those are Tool lyrics. I, I, don't, I don't know what song. I don't know if I've ever heard those lyrics. Clutch it like a cornerstone. Otherwise, it all comes down. Justify denials and grip them to the loans amend. I knew then. I copied and pasted, and sure enough, it was a Tool song. I was right. That's right. And, you know, honestly, that's not necessarily aimed at Lincoln. It's, it's aimed at everyone that's still eaten up with the whole situation. I mean, it was it was something when it happened, it was obviously huge news. Um uh, in huge news for a long time, obviously because of the you know, the the repercussions it had on the program and what it meant moving forward and like the whole direction of everything around here changed. So I'm not trying to downplay it as it's it, not a big deal or never was a big deal. Absolutely 1,000% was. But, I we are, he's in his second season at the University of Southern California. We're in our second season under the University of Oklahoma head football coach, Brent Venables. I, what is happening? I, how, it's not, how it's not us. This? It's not us, man. No, I know. I know, but I, I just, I don't understand. Nobody does. That's where we were at yesterday. It was like, why now? And I know it was recorded in June, but like, why even in June? Why release it this week? The whole thing is just weird and out of out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. That is weird. It was. I didn't know it was recorded in June. So recorded in June and strategically released 
<laughs> right I, now? I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to be st- strategically released now. I just don't know what the strategy exactly is. Or you, maybe are, people just found it now. I don't know. Are but, you ready to call uh, him a tool yet or a D-bag? Are you ready to jump on board well, with the rest of us? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I, mean, I just I don't I don't I don't believe the statement at all. I mean, he lived in a gated neighborhood and people trying to break in. Is that? Is that really what was happening? Like people like chiseling in on the windows? Not, and, not according to the Norman Police Department. That's that's that wasn't yeah. happening. Which is I don't know. Very um, I, he, according to the police reports or lack thereof, I guess it seems like these are false claims. That's very weird. Just all of it's. He's obviously very insecure about things. Um, so it's not us that needs to move on. It's 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 him out there. Maybe he'll yeah. do that one well, day. Doesn't sound like he's close though. Yeah, pretty wild. I, whatever. They've got their hands full. I think they actually have. They're off this week, aren't they? I think they are off this week. Yeah. I think they're off, and then they're about to start a long stretch run. So. um, Yeah, I I didn't think their schedule was going to get tough until like the middle part of October. But the way that Colorado's playing right now, it's ah, it gets a little bit more difficult before then. Yeah, that. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. I would favor USC probably pretty heavily in that game, which is in, isn't it in Boulder? It's in Boulder, yes. Yeah. But, and this is kind of what I've, what I've felt about Colorado, I, I don't know how many games they're going to win this year, but they're dangerous enough, given any, you know, given the right set of circumstances, to beat anyone in the Pac-12. I think on a given day they can beat anyone in the Pac-12. So we'll see what happens. Um I don't know. How about Coach Norvell? Ah, getting in on the action that. a little yeah, bit, huh? Yeah, big big fan of that. Um, I'm definitely rooting for him this week. I'm, I'm sure most people are outside of uh, Boulder, Colorado, in the Greater Denver area. But he had a nice little shot today, and I'm trying to pull up pull it up right now as we speak. Um, Dion and I watched the press conference yesterday, at least a little bit of it. Dion, like he always does, shows up in a hat and sunglasses. And here's what uh, Jay Norvell said today. Woo, buddy. Like it, love it, hate right. it there from Jay. I I like it, but you just got to know where it's going to end up. And I don't know necessarily that that's going to help anything. You know, I... How much does stuff like that affect a game? Maybe not at all, but gosh, um, there's going to be a response from that team one way or another, right? I mean, that's just how things work. Well, they'll be even uh, they'll be even louder in the post game press conference after they beat CSU this weekend. After that, talking about how they got disrespect yeah. and everything. Uh, okay, few texts. We'll move on to OU Tulsa. Cherokee Sooner says, "I really expected. I fully expected Teddy to say." Who was that after that audio opened? <laughs> I should have. What am I doing? Trey said, I'd slap the hell out of Muleshoe if I ever saw him in person. Uh, 405, Lincoln Riley needs to get a get-back coach for his mouth. And Chris in the 918 says, the podcast broke this week because they are off. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. I... 
I don't think anything that he says up to this point, number one, it doesn't hurt Oklahoma, and number two, it doesn't help USC. All right, so it's weird. I don't know why he's doing it. I don't know why he's – I don't know that he's outright fabricating something, but he's at at least um, embellishing. And that's the right? part that, that really upsets me, and I, I said it yesterday before we move on. The, the part I the, – the biggest issue I have with all of that is people have ran with this nationally, not as much as I thought. But some people have ran with this a little bit nationally, and it paints a certain perception of OU fans that I don't think is true at all. And it's the perception that, yeah, we're a little bit crazy. That, that much is true. But to go multiple people to go rob his house or to put his kids in danger? I've grown up here my entire life, man. I know the people here. Um, people in this state, there's some crazies out there everywhere. No one in mass is going to go and try and hurt someone's family. Two little girls. No. That, and that's that's the part that really, really irritates me about all this. I think it's yeah. complete crap that he would ever, 95%, so there's 5% of OU fans that would put your uh, kids in danger or go rob that's your house. Lot. That is a lot. Shut up. 5% like, what are you doing, is a large dude? number. Here's the thing. Every single fan base is the same. Uh, some of them are just way larger than others. You're going to have... Uh, you're going to have fans that everything the program does is perfect and they're going to cheer for it. You're going to have fans that everything the program does is dumb and they don't know why they operate this way. Uh, there's going to be fans that, you know, were sad and happy at the same time that Lincoln was leaving. You know, he's going to have a good opportunity at USC and there's other fans that were pissed, right? There's going to be a mix uh, across the board and it's, go- it's no different at Oklahoma than it is at USC, than it is at Texas, than it is at Alabama, than it is at Penn State, than it is at Michigan. They're all the same. And the breakdown is probably exactly the same across personalities in every big fan base. Accurate. Okay, so normally Thursday of game week, I feel yeah. like I'm in um, film review of the opponent, like I'm a player Monday or Tuesday, because normally when we get to Thursday – you tell me how scary this week's opponent is, where they're really dangerous, maybe hype them up a bit. Is that what we're going to get today for, for Tulsa on this Thursday? You're going you gonna to hype no. them up? Like, what, 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 what are you feeling? I think defensively we should play a fantastic football game. They are this, – this will be the most limited offense that we play the entire year. And by limited, I'm not necessarily talking about players. I'm talking about scheme. I'm talking about, like, the volume of plays that they throw at you. They run, you know, just a handful of running plays and really a handful of passing concepts. And they get to them, you know, a couple of different ways. But defensively, this is – this should be a – I would be shocked shocked if we give up double digit points now that's on like things can happen within the game like you know whatever a turnover uh, a bad special teams play muff a punt you know those things happen i'm not necessarily talking about that i'm talking about tulsa lining up and driving the field on us multiple times i don't i don't really see that happening. i think that would uh, or that probably surprises a lot of people 
that you say that about Tulsa's offense with Kevin Wilson as the head coach. And well, not that that's an indictment on him as an offensive mind or a head coach. It's just right. guessing some people thought there'd be a lot more. I don't even know what the, the right word is. I don't want variety. to use the right, Yeah, variety is a good word. Well, you know, he it's, it's year one for him. And in year one, it, you know, you're, you're playing a top 10 Washington team and then a top 25 Oklahoma team, it, you know, two out of your first three games. Like, they are at ground level on implementing everything that Kevin Wilson wants to do in that program. They're just not, they're just not there. And it's not a great place to start experimenting with things that you might, might want to try whenever you're facing – you know, big-time, power-five programs like you've faced. So I think Kevin Wilson, I mean, kind of understands what's going on here. He'll have some things that they've done game plan-wise that will be unique to this game. Everyone does. But I don't don't expect them to come out and, you know, try and reinvent their offense because, they. I mean, they've played three different quarterbacks. You know, they've got – They've got personnel that's that's pretty outmanned, but you know they do some good things. I actually really like their offense. Um, I just I expect it to be, um, you know, basic, but not using that as a as a slur against them. I think he's just I think he's just taking his time and trying to be good at a couple of things here and kind of set the foundation for what they're going to be there under his tenure. I think what you're really trying to say here is after OU wins this game 52-6 to on Saturday, the Tulsa fan will be walking out with his buddy saying, oh, hell, we ain't going to show nothing till Rice. We ain't going to show nothing yeah. till Rice. That, that, that's, that's it. Right. Yep. That's it. That's right. Well, they're not going to show anything until they're capable of showing it. You know, I, I remember whenever – Kevin Wilson first got to Oklahoma. Uh, the first time I met him was at our Cotton Bowl practices um, in, in 2001 or after the 2001 season. We were practicing down at, I think it was SMU's facilities. And, you know, that next spring, whenever he was kind of implementing his, you know, having his um, his influence over the, the offense, whenever he's an offensive line coach and run game coordinator, uh, that entire spring, the offensive line never came off their double team. So what that means is, like, typically you double and then you sift up to a backer, right, in the running game. But he was he was so dead set on foundationally trying to get that offensive line way better at the core of what they were going to do, which was the double teams across the front, that he wanted them to work on that the entire spring. So, like, just kind of throwing everything else out, this is what we're going to get good at this spring. And I think he's going to be doing that to a certain degree with his entire program in year one. Okie Tom says Tulsa could travel the field with 45 yards of gift penalties from OU like SMU got. And I'm yeah. guessing saying that the, they still won't score. It's it's just not – and I'm right there with you, dude. And I know a lot of how you feel – OU defensively is going to play is because of what you think Tulsa is going to to show, but I definitely sense some expectations on the OU defense here, saying that you'd be shocked if Tulsa scores double-digit points. 
And I'm the same yeah. way. Like, I'm basing my score predictions now on defensive expectations, but it's a new place to be, but it's kind of a fun spot to be in. To say, yeah. like, oh, this offense is really limited. I fully expect this OU defense to go out there and dominate for the third consecutive week, which it's been a while since OU's played really well defensively for three consecutive weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I mean – I think that the Tulsa offense and what they're going to do, I think, is just, you know, a piece of the puzzle. Uh, what we, I, I, I think our personnel is, you know, several notches above theirs. Um, I think we'll have a really good game plan. You know, for the most part, we're still healthy. We'll see what happens at Cheetah. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's going to be a, a partisan crowd. I think it's going to be an Oklahoma's favor. Like, there's a bunch of reasons why I think it's going to be a lopsided win, but, you know, just kind of what Coach Wilson's trying to do and trying to implement there early on, I think, is, is going to feed into that just a little bit. But, yeah, I, you know, I'm really, I'm more concerned or I guess more interested in what Venables does with this defense, really in preparation for Cincinnati, more so than really the Tulsa game like I'm curious what what he's gonna put out there for Cincinnati to think well, about um, for a week not a whole lot where uh, you text me during the show on days that you're off but we'll talk about that because you texted me during the show yesterday after watching some Cincinnati and uh, oh boy <laughs> it's a yeah. very, very revealing text that I got yesterday during the final hour. Which, by the way, oh, yeah. these OU Tulsa tickets, I mean, it's sold out, but they are not cheap on the secondary market. Um, as Supply of right and now, demand, baby. As of right now, you're going to have to at least pay 100 doll hairs for a ticket, and that's before fees. Woo. So if you don't have tickets, you want to go, the secondary market's your only option, um, you're going to have to you're gonna have to pay a bit to see it this weekend. Yeah. They uh they have actually the the paper tickets for Tulsa. Yes, they do. I got so, I got two yesterday or Tuesday, whatever it was. I haven't had paper yeah. tickets in forever. I loved it, man. They're in my wallet right They're now. Cool, isn't it? It feel I feel like I'm going to lose them. Uh, it's it's great though. Big fan. Yeah, I I think so too. And the reason I said that is because you can probably find some. Um, Without a bunch of fees and whatnot attached to them near the stadium. Just saying. Oh, the, old, the old scalping, uh, the scout method? Yeah. Okay. Come on. Don't Come hate on. it. Maybe Let's Sean go. Kingston will give away to you on stage. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Got to stop by and see what old Sean Kingston's uh, performing on Saturday. That's going to be cool. All right. Quick timeout. Hanging out Riverwind Casino today. They've got some stuff coming up. Uh, Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr are coming up September 22nd. Carly Peace is going to be coming through in October. Uh, you can get tickets online at riverwind.com or in person or over the phone even, 405-322-6464. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's... AdoptUSKids.org, brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. That's right. We will be in T-Town tomorrow for the entire show. We'll be there on Saturday for pre- and post-game as well. But tomorrow is our third annual Tulsa Day. Join Toby Rowland for the T-Row in the Morning Show and for breakfast as well from 6 to 9 from Tally's uh, Good Food Cafe on South Yale Avenue. Uh, Avenue, we've got your brunch cravings covered with the Plank Show. Chris Plank will be at Neighborhood Jam on East 61st Street from 9 to noon. Parker will be at Andy B's on South Lewis Avenue from noon to 3. And then uh, both Teddy and I will be at Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer on South Sheridan. I'll be there from 2 to 6. Teddy will be there from 3 to 6. So third annual Tulsa Day coming up tomorrow. I've already got a ton of uh, ref swag packed up, ready to go for this weekend. So hopefully we'll see a lot of you uh, 918ers up there. That's going to be a really, really, really fun weekend. Uh, Okay, so yesterday we spent a bit of time talking about special teams and how good it's been so far for OU. Mm -hmm. And not just like the punt return touchdown or the punt block, but the punt and kick coverage, the punting. Teddy, teams are even missing field goals kind of in bunches here, and we haven't seen that in a while. Three missed field goals in the past two weeks. There's got to be a why behind that. The easy why would be is that they put more emphasis on it in the offseason. Is that it? Like, why is OU so much better at special teams this year? Uh, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, they they do emphasize it, and they spend – I would guess they spend – probably well above the average amount of practice time that college teams spend on special teams. I bet they're above that mark. Uh, They emphasize it. And frankly, they've got a bunch of really good, young, athletic guys that are on those coverage units. Right? Like Kip Lewis is flying down. Uh, you got a bunch of safeties that are out there, you know, with that room. I mean, I think it's, I think it's, Dedicating time to it, emphasizing it, and having good players that are on those units. Competitive depth is what a texture that I want to saying, and I could see that too. That's the it. more competitive depth that you have, it it would stand that you're going to be a little bit better in special teams. That's right. Yep. I'm just getting. I a, agree. I'm just getting a little uh, greedy now, and I expect a big special teams play now in uh, against Tulsa this week. I mean, well, if nothing else, a missed field goal, man. Like I, I don't know. If that is tied into better special teams, but Arkansas State apparently had a really good kicker or has a really good kicker. He missed two, and then SMU missed another one last week. Just trying to figure out if that's all tied in. I don't know. You know, the the field goal thing is interesting. I don't think we do anything overwhelming on our field goal block. Frankly, I wish we did more on it. you know, some of that is just you're at the mercy of what the kicker's going to do. But, you know, we did have a crosswind in the game on Saturday. I don't know. The The field goal thing is I don't know how you correlate that necessarily to the rest of the special teams. Like, if we were, like, seriously impacting the kick and almost blocking a bunch of them and we're really threatening off the edge and all of that stuff, I would say that that's a big factor. But at this point, I don't know that I can, um, but, you know, there is something to it whenever people start to miss against you and they start to look at those numbers and, 
trying to figure it out, like they got a really good block team and the kicker's thinking about it. You know, all those things factor in to some degree. Frisco Sooner says not trying to be a smart ass. Oh, that's a great way to start a text, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but could it be we played one horrible team and one average team? I mean, maybe, but I've seen – a, a lot of years where OU's played one yeah. horrible team and one average team, and I haven't seen this before. I was about to say, we had, it was the first punt return for a touchdown since, what, D.D. Westbrook in 2016? Yeah. We've played a bunch of average and below average teams since then. So, I mean, there's got to be some correlation. But to the texter's point, could 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 it be a couple of outliers and we start to revert back to the mean a little bit here as we – play some better competition sure that could be the case uh, and i tell you one thing with special teams that we haven't heard a lot of which is the punt is into the end zone for a touchback right at least not yet that's right you know i i will take an ugly wobbly um punt that is downed on the 15 yard line over a towering majestic powerful spiral that ends up in the back of the end zone any day now i love turk did some unbelievable things but i we, we were he was trying to hit the hole in one fell in love with it a little but, bit too much huh yeah he's trying to pin it on the one yard line and get backspin every time instead of just hitting a sky ball that lands on the 10 yard line and is fair caught i mean that's ultimately that's what you want Joe in Tulsa says, most important to the game plan. You guys think Shane Witter and Peyton Platoon at Cheetah, or will DeSan be ready? Or do you see Pearson moving in at Cheetah? Have you heard anything on putting Kanick at Cheetah because he played there last year and moving no. Kobe in the lineup? No, they're not going to, th- they're not throwing anything else at Kanick right now. Um, I guess I can't say that for sure. I would be shocked. If Canick played Cheetah, I think you will see McCullough start if he's healthy. And I honestly think that he will play because he was walking around and, you know, he wasn't limping or wearing a boot during the game Saturday. He was on the sideline. That's typically a, you're in a pretty positive position there with that. Um, Pearson can always come down and play that and give you a really good, solid um, solid rotation there. I think uh, if, if McCullough is out, I think you see Peyton Bowen play a bunch there. They want to find a way to get him on the field, and they've been moving him around quite a bit, but uh, here's a game where you can you know, play 50 snaps of Cheetah and have him out there. I think they would jump all over that. Uh, and and probably roll with it the whole game, maybe spell him a little bit with Pearson if McCullough can't go. Otherwise, if McCullough can go, I mean, same thing for him. You would love to get him a full game of reps at the position. So we'll see. Frankly, let me say this last piece. Yeah, This would be a great game for McCullough to come in and play Cheetah because, like, they're not throwing Xavier Worthy at you in the slot. You know what I'm saying? Like they've got a fairly limited passing game, and this would be a good opportunity for him to to work through a bunch of those reps. Nine one eight. You guys want to watch a future WWE superstar that's a psycho on the field? 
Watch number 48 for Tulsa. That's Jerry O's kid, right? Owen Ostrowski yeah. is, is 48? If I said the last name yeah. right. Yeah. He is strong as hell. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. 6'2", he is, strong as hell. is what he's listed as on the defensive and, line. I mean, he's not overly athletic, but he loves to headbutt people. He reminds me of Rip Kowski if he played defensive end. Okay, <laughs> he he is um, he plays incredibly hard. He is a hard hitter. I, Blake Smith, you better strap the helmet on, and I would even put one of those concussion helmet cap things on that they wear in practice. See if you can wear that in the game because when he, he's running split zone. At um, at forty eight, you better bring a lunch bell, baby, because he's going to try and hit you right in the mouth. And uh, Kapinski on the other side, number zero, he's a good player, man. He's their best player on defense. He plays he plays on the edge, really really strong. Um, has some nice moves in the pass rush that are mainly like strength. Like he tries to pull, and then he'll try and pull you to one side. Uh, but he's a good player against the run. Those are their, those those are probably their two best players on defense. Another consistently. One for, another one for the nine one eight. Owen is a beast. Yeah, sounds like a really really tough yeah. kid. And you, um, with as good of a football player as his dad was, not all that surprising that he's pretty tough. He's and got the pedigree. Yeah, kid. Yeah, kid he's got you, the pedigree. He's strong now. Local kid that you can definitely root for. Uh, this is to you in the text line as we go to a break. I'm very excited for this weekend, man. Um, Tulsa Day is going to be great. The game on Saturday, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. I haven't seen a game from there before. But now never? is Never. I've never even been in the stadium. I don't even think I've seen the stadium before. But now... Uh, why were you in 2002? Oh, dude, like a Verdon Junior High baseball game. High priorities at that time. Oh, Still God. checking the score okay. to see. Third inning, it's like, we're up three to nothing? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> There's 13 minutes left in the first. Why don't you refresh the scoreboard there? You did? It's still 3 nothing at halftime? God, we may not be very good this I can, year. Oh. You know, uh, going to my son's baseball games, I can totally picture you being the kid in the dugout that's, like, screaming at mom to come over and ask what the score is in the exactly. OU game. Uh, Which, how would you get it back senior, in the day Senior at year, point? I don't know, but senior year of high school, we had a big game, big tournament. Uh, OU was playing Miami, and I was getting score updates during the game. No shame. Nice. Priorities. You were wearing one of those uh, tiny little FM radios out in the field? Out in second base. It was in my back pocket, yes. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the earbuds in. No, but the question is, since Bedlam is apparently going away and OSU will use every uh, opportunity to say why it's OU's fault, what is the ideal number of times moving forward to play Tulsa? And that's just in Norman. That's on the road up there. Like, what – what, what do we want to see out of that here moving forward? Every year. Every single year? I would I would love to play Tulsa every single year. One seventy four in Tulsa? they probably – I mean, I don't know. How, however often, is it you – know, I, I guess financially it's it's not good for us to play up there, but I, I love it. I, I would rather pay Tulsa to come – play us then i would pay someone out of state like if we're gonna if we're gonna pay a non-power five school to come in 
why not keep that money in state and let it go to Tulsa's athletic program? That's what I say, but no one cares what I say. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up, hanging out at Riverwind. They've got some things going through uh, September for the promotion. Harvest Winnings uh, card holders here with that earn entries through August 27th are going to be up for drawings every Saturday from 7 to 11.30. Two winners will win 400 in cash or bonus play until 11.59, and then two winners will win 1,000 in cash or 1,000 in bonus play there at the final draw. All right, quick timeout here from Riverwind Casino. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Introducing the next generation at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're talking Sierras. 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab SLT 5.3. Take up to 72.50 off. It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Knippel Meyer, Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Scott T says, how does the series record with Tulsa compared to the Bedlam series record? I did not know the answer to that, Scott, so I looked at it over the break. Apparently, the overall series record, uh, according to various websites, it's 27-1 and in OU's favor. 20 20- Seven and one. Had some issues with those guys uh, in 42 and 43. That famous loss in 1937. And, of course, uh, you lost in 1916 and 1919. Along with my first ever OU football game in 1996 when Tulsa won in Norman, 31-24. So, I guess Tulsa has been more more competitive than Oklahoma State. You just said that. Tulsa won in what year was that? You were you were at the game? It was my first ever OU game in Norman, 1996. Tulsa won. Oh, wow. That's the year that OU uh, rolled into Dallas with zero wins, home losses to Tulsa and Kansas, and still found a way to beat top 25 Texas. What a was, year. Was Tulsa any good that year? Uh, I don't think so. I, I know OU wasn't. I don't think Tulsa was that great. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. All right. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen this year. So by, I got a feeling it won't. By I, winning, I feel really good about this. By game. winning percentage, Tulsa's been more competitive to OU than Oklahoma State has over the years. So maybe, just maybe, uh, the the road will get tougher from here on out if you play Tulsa more than than Oklahoma State moving forward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, like I said, to me. I'd rather keep that money in state and have it go into Tulsa's athletic program than I would random places from around the country. But, you know, that's just me. Guy says, yes, play Tulsa every year. Where? It's a catch-22. Makes more sense to always play in Norman, but having OU in Tulsa is awesome. Maybe it even helps with long-term recruiting efforts in the 918s. It definitely doesn't hurt long-term recruiting efforts. Does it really help all that much I I, I don't know I, I, I tend to think the staff is doing a much better job on their own of being more active than night and we ran that down last hour judging by like the top three players in yeah. the Tulsa area here recently they are but yeah it doesn't hurt but I think on their own they're doing a, a, a much better job yeah well you know it, and part of it may be that Tulsa doesn't want to play you that often 
because they don't want they don't want you rooting around in in the nine one eight. You know, is maybe not like going up there and kind of showcasing nonstop. I don't know how they would look at that. Like if if they honestly feel like they're competing for the same players or not. I don't know. I don't know how that conversation sounds whenever they have it. But uh, I know it's not going to happen. It's not. Gonna, we're not going to turn into a uh, a yearly game with Tulsa. But I I wouldn't mind seeing them on the schedule every five years or so. Here's an idea from the nine one eight: play Tulsa every year, but play them in Stillwater. <laughs> we could get a sellout at uh, neutral T-Boone. site game. Yeah, we could get a sellout at T Boone if you meet him halfway in Stillwater. How about that, man? Yeah, and they would still run that promotion where if you buy season tickets, or you have to buy season tickets in order to get uh, to be able to watch OU at uh, T Boone Pickens Stadium, so everyone would be going up uh, buying. OSU season tickets to watch the OU Tulsa game If you buy the OSU Houston, the OSU BYU, and the OU Iowa State game, we'll throw in the OU Tulsa ticket for free. How's that sound, guys? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like it. One more that's really made me laugh. What really happened was Tyler said, we're only up 3-0? What? What's going on? And his coach said, hey, Dipwad, we're down 17 nothing in the sixth inning, and you're 0 for 4. Shut up. <laughs> Could be some truth to that. Could be a lot Would of truth to that. Would you focus up? Could be a lot of That's truth great. to that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, any great memories of Kevin Wilson other than the story when you first met him? He dropped a lot of four-letter words, and you said, oh, he's going to fit just fine in with this group. Yeah. It'll fit in perfectly here. Um, you know, my relationship with with Coach Wilson was always excellent because, you know, usually the worse coaches are to their own players, the better they are to the guys on the other side of the ball. You know, it's all like, uh, it's all super friendly and how you doing and joking around but with their own guys, they hate their own guys, right? It's all, it's like just destroy their own offensive players all the time, but pretty chummy when you're talking to the guys on the other side God, of the ball. Wouldn't that so make you so mad? Really good relationship if you're assistant with coach, and I'm, and I'm sure this was the case for like every assistant on that staff, but you get to endure, mm-hmm. you know, your assistant, you know, how he operates, and then you see him being nice to the other side of the ball or really everyone else on the team. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's typically how it works. Like, I had a great relationship with Mangino right up until I uh, he found out I dressed as him as, uh, for Halloween, and then he wasn't as wasn't as nice after that. Yeah, point. I tried to get him on the show a couple but, of years ago for your birthday, and um, well, let's just say that he didn't respond. He uh, he did he did not respond yeah. to that. Um, a, a couple notes here. OU we got OU at minus twenty seven and a half. It is now up to. OU minus 28 and a half. So the line is, took a little nice uh, point jump earlier today. Swinging massively. Yes, it is. I, that actually is a big swing. 27 though. and a half is a That's big an deal important compared to 28 point. and a half. Yeah. And a look ahead line here, and we'll talk about this next hour. I, you're about to be floored, I, I bet. OU minus nine and a half at Cincinnati, according to DraftKings. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know what. 
I, I don't know. I haven't watched as much of uh, Cincinnati's offense. I've been watching their defense, and I'm, I'm, I'll just tell you right now, if our offensive line doesn't play a whole lot better than they played against SMU, we're going to be in a world of trouble. And it happens to be where we're struggling right now on the interior. Cincinnati has dudes all over that defense. The talent is still there. All three levels, defensive line, the strength, and they've got an offense right now with a quarterback that's running all over the place, uh, running all over the place, making plays uh, in the running and passing game. So, and they're going to be amped out of their mind. Yep. It, that's going to be this is a one of those very, games where tough uh, football there, game. There's a lot of road games where 11 a.m. does matter. You, you really feel like that's a huge advantage. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be crazier if it was at 7 p.m. I, they're just so hyped for this, their first ever Big 12 game. It's still going to be insane even for an 11 a.m. kick. It'll still it be is. crazy. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy, and I, I hope – because like, you know how the coaching staff is, you know they're up there talking up Tulsa right now like they're the greatest team ever, and the same thing's going to happen next week against Cincinnati. And I have a feeling some of the players or or people unfamiliar are going to be like, well, you know, since they're not the same team they were when they went to the playoff, and that's true. But if you think that Cincinnati team doesn't have players, you are dead wrong. They got NFL players scattered all over the place all right quick time out more from the rush coming up we'll wrap up hour number one next join the movement the ref army is growing don't miss a second of the sooner coverage you want with the kref app the number one source for sooner fans Introducing the next generation at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're talking Sierras. 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab SLT 5.3. Take up to $72.50 off MSRP when you trade in your 2009 GM car, truck, or SUV for qualified buyers. Be part of the new and head to Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Dorsey Jones. All over. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Cavens Group bringing you the sour of the rush. If you have an emergency, 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048 or cavensgroup.com. Well, if OU throws one deep ball on Saturday, it'll be one more deep ball than they tried against SMU. Um, What's the... What's the thought on the deep ball being a part of the uh, offense a little bit more going into this weekend? I, I got to think they at least tried a few times here. Yeah, I. Yeah, uh, I would guess back to back weeks with no deep ball presence whatsoever would just be odd, very odd. I mean, it's hap- it's happened every other game that OU's played with uh, Jeff Levy as offensive coordinator. It was it was weird and. It either I, happens early or it's completely non-existent. So I, I guess I would lean to we're going to see it at least one in the first two drives, maybe the very first drive. We almost Apparently always see it in the first drive, anyways, right? I mean, yeah. isn't that typically what happens. So I don't know. I think um, 
I'm I'm guessing that uh, we'll probably be right back to normal on our the way we call plays and the way we implement our offense. I don't I'm, I'm I still don't know. Maybe it was circumstances. Maybe there was some stuff in there as far as what SMU was doing that that I don't know about as far as how they were calling plays on Saturday. I don't know, but my guess is in this one it's going to be. It's going to be more like Arkansas State. I, I feel like it's almost as if Oklahoma will be able to pick their number in this game. Uh, like J.P. Sooner says, Chicks dig the long ball, and last week we were unattractive. Yeah, mm. that's right. A lot of truth to that. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two from Riverwind coming up next. You're listening to the home.